0: All right, I think we are on. Well, good morning, Victory family and friends. This is the day that the Lord has made. We rejoice and we are glad in it. My name is Paul. I'm privileged to serve as pastor of Victory Church of Charlottesville, where we exist to see people reconciled to God and to each other. I appreciate you for tuning in for 29 minutes with us this morning. We are just grateful as a church to be committed to... uh, seeing people reconcile to God and each other, which is the vision here at Victory Church of Charlottesville. Um, And let me just give you a heads up for an an invitation to next week uh, that we'll be here a little longer than 29 minutes next week. We're going to extend to about 75 minutes because we're going to be inviting uh, several of our uh, Victory Group leaders from this past summer when we read, as a church, The Color of Compromise, which is a book written by Christian historian Jamar Tisby, and it speaks about the complicity of the American church in racism. And so we're going to talk as a group about what the groups learned, uh, insights that were gained, um, and then hear about ways or next steps that those groups are taking, and even some other folks that we're going to have join our conversation on the back end to talk about ways that we are already engaging uh, such work here in our city of Charlottesville as well as inviting you uh, to join in those efforts. So I hope you'll Join us here again next week where, like I said, we'll be here uh, for a bit longer than 29 minutes, 29 minutes times 2 plus some, uh, to have a really, really important conversation. Uh, and prayerfully, God will get the glory from that. Uh, this this month of September, uh, we've been in a sermon series entitled Holy Spirit. Uh, the first Sunday of the month, we looked at Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, and emphasized that while we do get to sow, God gives us the privilege to put our hands to the plow here on the earth. It's ultimately God that does the growing. Uh, in the second week, we looked at John chapter 15, verses 26 and 27, and then John chapter 14, verse 26. Uh, and we emphasize that the Holy Spirit testifies, the Holy Spirit teaches, and the Holy Spirit reminds us. And so we're going to continue this week, and we're going to look at the book of Ephesians. And we're going to talk today about what it means for the Holy Spirit to seal us. So turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians. We'll look at chapter 1, and we'll be looking at verses 13 and 14. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. As you find that, let's let's pray and ask God to just bless our time together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the Word of God. Uh, we're grateful to you, Lord, that we get to commune with you on a daily basis. And in this moment, as we study together Um, I pray that you would open our eyes, as Psalm 119 and 18 says, so that we may see all of the wonderful things in your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, um, and it reads this way, I'll be reading from the NIV. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of the truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. Uh, The title of the message this morning is Signed, Sealed, Delivered. Signed, Sealed, Delivered. The first Place that my wife and I lived in. Uh, many of you know Taylor. Some of you viewing may not. We were married in 2005, and we lived in Largo, Maryland, or more formally, I guess, Upper Marlboro was the mailing address, Maryland, Prince George's County. Um, and when we lived there, um, I was, you know, doing graduate school at the time and working at the University of, of Maryland, and my wife was teaching in uh, first grade in D.C. and it was great. We we were a twenty minute drive from our uh our church, which at the time was in DC, Grace Covenant DC actually. And uh my wife was also at the time playing tennis. She was had played growing up, played club in college and and now at that time was playing through USTA. And so I would drive and I remember going to Haynes Point, if anybody's familiar, uh with that spot in DC or the Navy Yard, um and throughout the DC metro area to support Uh, and watch her and her teams play. Um, And I remember the things that we would do um, in order for her to compete at a high level, right? There are things that many athletes do and me being uh, supportive of her during that time, one of those things was getting some proper shoes to wear. And so we would have delivered to us some goods and in this case, sneakers. Um, I think they were Ditas at the time. And so we ordered the Adidas. I suspect that the Adidas were signed for, they were approved, uh, they were sealed appropriately, and they were delivered to our doorstep. The only problem (laughs) was that somebody thought they were tailored that day, and though delivered to our doorstep, they decided they would take it from our doorstep before we could ever get it. So we actually never got to see those Adidas. Of course, it didn't matter because Taylor could wear flip flops and do her thing on the tennis court. But as besides the point, we never got to see those Adidas money lost, if you will. And I wonder how we, you and me might even think of ourselves in some cases, like those sneakers, if I can use that analogy, we've been purchased by God. We've even been sealed and we say that language, we use the language, but somewhere, somehow, sometimes we might feel like we can still be stolen. Said differently, our security in Christ doesn't seem that secure. So however you know, momentary or even more prolonged such thoughts might invade our minds, what I want to encourage us this morning with from Scripture is that the Holy Spirit approves and the Holy Spirit guarantees? The book of Ephesians, written by the Apostle Paul from prison to the church at Ephesus. Uh, and it, it's written really to expand the horizons, if you will, of, of the readers to help them better understand the direct the direction and dimensions even of God's eternal purpose and his grace. So Apostle Paul goes on to in, in, encourage the believers throughout the book of Ephesians to be fruitful followers of Christ and to serve in unity and love, even when things don't seem so great, even when there are some challenges, even when there's a pandemic. So the first chapter of Ephesians, it's it's opens with an introduction, not unlike many of uh, Paul's epistles and uh, and then it goes on to express thanksgiving and praise to God for his many blessings. But then he moves on to God's sovereign choice and purpose in the believer's life, which is what leads us to the two verses of emphasis this morning. Apostle Paul is communicating to the church at Ephesus that when they heard the gospel, when they first heard who Jesus was, and then they believed, upon their believing, they were then sealed, marked, if you will, and marked by the Holy Spirit. And the seal that Apostle Paul is talking about really reflects there or, or guarantees the inheritance that day and by extension you and me that we have with that, the purchased possession, if you will, which is heaven. Purchased for them and again for us by the death of the Redeemer, Jesus Christ himself. And so what I want to zoom in today to focus on is that word sealed from verse 13. The Greek word for that word sealed is sphragizo, I'm butchering that, but S-P-H-R-A-G-I-Z-O, sometimes it's D-Z-O, and it means to stamp for security or preservation. And so the Apostle Paul here, before describing in later chapters of Ephesians, you can almost see Ephesians as broken up into sort of two parts, first three chapters and then the latter A few chapters, but before he gets to the later chapters where he describes more sort of practically how they ought to be living out their faith, he wants them first to understand that they are secure, that they are preserved, they're approved in Christ. And so throughout scripture, we even see this very term that's utilized here in Ephesians chapter 1. Uh, used in a in a number of different ways, and I think when all considered together, they help provide a picture of what the Apostle Paul is presenting to us here in this text. To give some examples, in the Old Testament, God set a sign on his chosen ones to mark them out or set them apart as his possession. In Ezekiel chapter 9, verses 4 through 6, and to keep them from destruction. The New Testament, Revelations chapter 7, verse 3, we see God then places a seal on his people to identify them, to protect them from wrath. We see John also uh, in revelation being told to seal up the words of the prophecy in the 22nd chapter. We read of God authenticating uh, relationship with his seal in John six and 27, which is also, if you go back again to the old Testament, but it's mentioned in Romans chapter four, it relates also to Abraham's circumcision serving as a sign and a seal of his righteousness. So there are all of these different uses of the terms, and and they they come together in, in a way that Apostle Paul is now communicating to the church at Ephesus, which essentially is security. Apostle Paul is saying to the church at Ephesus, and by extension, you and me, two things that I want to focus on today, certainly more, but we'll emphasize these two. One, the Holy Spirit approves, and two, the Holy Spirit guarantees. This, of course, if you've been with us is adding to, to the list of last week of the Holy Spirit testifying and teaching and reminding us. It adds to what we shared even in, uh, I think it was June of 2019, when we talked then about what it means to be spirit filled. And we can continue to talk about the Holy Spirit every day forever because there's so much. But these two will focus on today. The reason why we can talk about The Holy Spirit so much because Jesus, in fact, gave emphasis to the disciples in Acts chapter one. He says, don't ever leave home without him. Don't leave Jerusalem is what he said. Don't leave Jerusalem without this promised gift of the Holy Spirit. It's that precious. It's that necessary. It's that vital and critical to our living life and living life well. And it's only from this place of approval. Apostle Paul is communicating here in this text and the broader letter to the church at Ephesus. It's only from that place of protection, of security, of, of being verified, of being guaranteed that we can then even live out the purpose for which we have been called here in this earth. So firstly, the Holy Spirit approves. When we're given the Holy Spirit, God seals, seals or stamps us as his own when we believe. We hear, we believe, and boom, we get the insignia of the Holy Spirit on our lives if we go back to Greek and Roman times, and and even today in some respects, if a, if a package is to be dispatched to another location in that space, it first went through a series of pretty much investigations, right, to make sure that the contents were, they weren't flawed, they weren't broken, they weren't shattered. That didn't just start today, you know, when you go to the post office, I have a good buddy in town that works there, and and, and we'll be talking and checking in on family, and it'll go from how you doing, how's life, how's the family, how's... How's how's work, how's the church going, just how's life in general? Very quickly from that to, is there anything flammable, is there anything liquid, anything perishable, in right? He goes to, to ensuring that what is there can be approved to then send out. The sender in those times would examine every single piece of the contents to make sure that each one, every bit of it was whole, was intact. And so this meant that the process of examining every little fragment of the content was extraordinarily important, particularly for the one charged with sealing that shipment. If everything was then whole and intact, the sender would pour what what was like hot wax on it, uh, creasing the package and then carefully pushing that insignia of the owner into the wax, signifying that all of the contents were in perfect order. Now, you and me, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit on the day that we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 10, 9 and 10 tells us when we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. We believe in our hearts. God raised Jesus from the dead. When we believed, we are sealed, Scripture says, with the Holy Spirit. And I don't know about you, but for me, that's a nice relief. It's a huge relief because I don't have to strive. We don't have to strive to be approved. That's a good thing. My my being, our being in perfect order, if you will, is not dependent on our ability. And thank God it is not because that would not be perfect order. We're not sealed because we are so good. And many times, if we're honest, we look for that. We look for for the stroking, if you will, like, like almost as if we can work for what only Christ could accomplish on the cross. There's a scene in the movie The Guardian uh, but I think that's the name of the the, the movie with Kevin Costner and, and Ashton Kutcher, and and Costner is training some folks to to serve in the Coast Guard, uh, and when Ashton Kutcher comes along, he's this really prized swimmer, had a, like an incredible high school career, and and really he just was looking for and wanted to be acknowledged and approved for his talent, all while Kevin Costner is trying to teach him some much bigger bigger picture lessons. So in a very sarcastic way, if you've seen any of you have seen this movie. Uh, Costner at one point in the film makes a point while watching him swim he he makes a point to say to Ashton oh wow wow you're fast oh man oh wow you're good you are so fast look at that wow you are so good (laughs) look at him go he's so good he's so fast I'm not demeaning or downplaying positive reinforcement by any stretch. Teachers, parents, human beings in general, it's nice to tell people when they're doing a good job. We all could benefit from that. But the bigger point is that we don't have to look to man or woman for our worth. That is good news. That's a relief. Whether I have a new uh, pair of J's on or I got new rims on my car, if I've got A two-car garage or not a garage if I've got a clean criminal record or if I don't. When I believe in Jesus, at conversion, I'm approved. That is good news. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, Apostle Paul says it there this way. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. It's in Jesus that we're made new and we are approved. At the very moment you and I say yes to Jesus, that's when we're verified. Praise God. We're not approved because we get it right all the time. And to that end, short digression, we can learn a lesson from the Pharisees in that regard because they checked all the boxes and still Jesus was trying to help them understand and recognize it wasn't about that. Yes, there should be some fruit born out of our life being committed to Christ. Absolutely. But we're approved when we believe that he's a resurrection in the life. When we believe, the Holy Spirit approves. Secondly, the Holy Spirit guarantees. Same God who has authenticated this relationship uh, will most certainly then protect his people through all of the trials and the difficulties of life. He'll do this, Apostle Paul says in verse 14 of our text, until he takes final possession of us, his inheritance on the day of redemption. We are signed, sealed, and guaranteed to be delivered. Our salvation is secure. The Holy Spirit guarantees. Salvation was never our work to begin with. When we genuinely and we wholeheartedly believe we are then sealed by the Holy Spirit. Now, our belief in Jesus Christ, though great and guaranteeing, doesn't protect against attack. If you've lived life any amount of time, you know we're either going into something, we're in the middle of some trouble, or we're coming out. We're gonna we're gonna endure some bumps and some bruises in this journey called life, no doubt. But in that, I'm reminded of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 43, verse 2, where he says, you are going to pass through the waters, but when you do, I'm going to be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you go through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Key word in there, when? We're going to go through some stuff for sure, but God is saying, I've got you. I've got you. Apostle Paul says it this way in 2 Corinthians, chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. We are hard pressed on every side. But not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but we are not abandoned, struck down but we are not destroyed. The Holy Spirit, if you're looking for a guarantee, the Holy Spirit guarantees. I mentioned my wife's, I think they were Adidas, I need to check with her, I mentioned her sneakers that were stolen off of our porch. Still hurts to this day, <laughs> I'm kidding but they were stolen off of our porch. And, and that, that porch, that house, that time was special. Particularly that new, that place, we were mad in 2005, it was the first place that we ever lived in, y'all. First place, I remember we were so excited, we were happy just to make this place our own. We had bought it and of course we went through the inspection and, and, and it wasn't perfect. I mean, what inspection is, uh-huh. but there wasn't anything that couldn't be redeemed in that house. So we purchased that house. We put a down payment on the house and then we, we we signed on the dotted line. It became ours, knowing it wasn't perfect. But knowing it did belong to us, it was ours. It was up to us then to care for it. Well, but it was it was our place. And, and I remember we would have up the street from us Gladys Knight's chicken and waffles. For those that know us, well, yes, it didn't start recently. This we've been at this for a little while. Uh, Gladys Knight's Chicken and Waffles we go to every so often and we would enjoy some conversation, good music. I remember C.C. Waners would just kind of stop by and, and have conversation and sing uh, in, in Gladys Knight's. Magic Johnson had just opened up a theater there. This was our spot, our first place, 20 minutes from our church in D.C., as I mentioned earlier, Grace Covenant, D.C., and, and, and which at the time was at Regal Cinema. Now they purchased their own building. We were happy, happy to be in this home. I can remember my wife looking outside saying, what are you doing, Paul? I was ripping up bushes and laying sod. I'm saying, this is ours. We're going to make it look nice. We're going to do some maintenance. Get a new screen, a storm door that, that will help protect the elements of our front door. We'll do some stuff inside, putting up pictures and making it our own. And then I also remember, though, how we started to get some water in the house. Anybody ever had water come in the house? It's not what you want. We had some water start to come through the floor. It was the strangest thing I have ever experienced, even since it was it was odd. It would come up and then it would just dry up and go away. Sometimes it would come a lot. Other times it would come a little. But what's interesting for me in, in, in that space and now reflecting upon it is that the deed to the house, it was still in our name. We didn't call the lawyer who facilitated the closing for us and say, hey, uh, you know, we, we kind of got to get out of this. You know, we, get, we need to get this house back. You know, we knew there were some issues, but man, this this house been through too much. We can't we can't redeem this. This too much. <laughs> it was still ours. We had a choice to make, though. We could have said, well, the house is jacked up. It's just brick and mortar and and, and it's going to just do stuff like that. And and we'll just let it be, which would not have been uh A wrong thing to say that it's just brick and mortar and these things kind of happen, but it would have been incomplete and i probably wouldn't have stayed married (laughs) too long if i didn't begin to do some maintenance and so we ripped up the carpet in this house in the living room area where it was really starting to soak up the carpet we ripped it up we had some nice linoleum put down on the floor we we called up the local water company and they came out they they tested the water to figure out is this water rain water, or is it coming from the plumbing system? And depending on the day, the results would come back one day, this is plumbing water. And the other day, no, this is rain water. It was the craziest time, y'all. But we stayed in that house for a little bit, working on it, maintaining it until our time came. And oh did our time come when we were able to move on to some new construction. A town home in this community that was near family. We didn't really see a whole lot. And now we would get to see every day if we wanted to. We couldn't afford this place, but somehow we ended up in this place for a little bit. The point being, as I see the time and we'll come to a close, God isn't surprised at our leakage. He's not surprised. It doesn't catch us off, catch him off guard. In fact, he purchased us knowing that there was some cracks in our foundation. Purchased us knowing we had some issues, a whole lot of issues. And he purchased us knowing that we'd have even more. Stuff we didn't even know would become our issue. He purchased us, for example, knowing that there'd be leaks in our marriage. That we couldn't figure out on our own. There'd be leaks in our health. He purchased us knowing there would be some leakage in the way of abuse in our family. Which, by the way, he did not ordain and was not right. He wasn't caught off guard by the leakage that have. that that we may even keep so close to the vest and and God forbid if other people found out, it would horrify us to know that anybody knew us in that way. But yet, he purchased us knowing every bit of it. And then he purchased us knowing that we would even cause some of the leakage. He knew, for example, that our righteousness was as filthy rags as Isaiah 64 and 6 said. He knows. But if we believe... If we believe in the righteous one, then we are, this text says, sealed by the most powerful insignia ever known to mankind. The kind of power, y'all, that impregnates a virgin woman, the kind of power that wraps itself in human flesh, lives a sinless life dies the most painful death that they didn't even deserve to die, dying it on behalf of other folks like you and me, and then forgiving the folks participating in his killing all the while. And then three days later, rising from the dead, that kind of power is what seals you and what seals me. We're sealed with that power. And so though this earthly tabernacle, (laughs) Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, this earthly vessel, this earthly tent, It's being destroyed. It's decaying day by day. We have a new building, y'all, a new construction, if you will, one we couldn't pay for, we don't have the currency for. An eternal house in heaven, scripture says, not built by human hands. And what I'm so glad about today kind of reminds me, quick parenthetical of the old uh, uh, gospel artist, Timothy Wright, used to sing back in the day that trouble don't last always. I'm so glad we've been signed, we've been sealed, and we will be delivered to our ultimate destination. And there's no weapon formed against us that can stop that. But as I really close, until that day, what's our responsibility? What's our responsibility? Philippians 2 and 12 says that we get to work out our soul salvation with fear and trembling which isn't the same as we get to work for our salvation, but rather we get to participate with God in what he wants to do on this side of heaven. 2 Peter 1 and 10, another reference scripture says, to make sure then to confirm your calling and your election. Bear some fruit in this life. Finally, Galatians 6 and 9 says, let us not become weary in well-doing, For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Family, we're signed, we're sealed, we're delivered. We are, if you will, becoming what we already are. Yes, sanctification is a process. The sealing has already happened. We're approved, we're guaranteed. Let us live out this life with faith and security and the only one who can provide it. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for all of who your Holy Spirit is to us. He empowers us. He testifies of Christ in and through us. Teaches us, reminds us. And as we've discussed through this text written by the Apostle Paul to the church at Ephesus. And by extension relevant for us today. Oh, he approves us. Guarantees us. We are sealed. And it's from that place, Lord, that we endeavor to engage racial reconciliation, for example. It's from that place, Lord, that we endeavor to pursue justice, to walk humbly, to love kindness. It's from that place of security and love that cannot be provided by any man or woman. And if you're watching today and you're listening to this and you're thinking, this sounds great, but I've never really embraced that ceiling. In fact, I feel like I'm this sort of constant open and closed envelope, not feeling like I'm anchored anywhere. I mentioned Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 earlier. It is as simple as reading and declaring those words with authenticity and genuineness. And those words are, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart, God raised Jesus from the dead. And with that, as we believe, scripture says we're sealed, we're sealed, we're protected. Doesn't mean there's a storm free life as I also alluded to today and many times, but it does mean that we live a storm proof life. And I pray for those of us who acknowledge that already But have difficulty embracing that and find ourselves working for when the work's really already been done. That we would find rest in what only Christ could do and we would serve from that place as a a reasonable service, a response to the love of Jesus Christ, the greatest love known to mankind ever. That work, that salvific work is already done. For those who already believe, may we rest in that security. There's a song that our uh, worship team uh, has begun to sing. It's called Promises, and it just speaks to the faithfulness of our God. And so as we close, I'm going to pray, uh, play a bit of, of our worship team's uh, arrangement of that song. And, and I pray that the words would seep deep down in addition to the scripture to all of our hearts such that they can be applied to our lives in ways that are encouraging in ways that we even further embrace the Holy Spirit in our lives. Family, we love you. Um, Again, next week, we are going to be back in this space for a bit longer time. I'll be joined by about six or seven of the leaders at Victory Church where we'll be discussing the color of compromise and the Holy Spirit will very much permeate that conversation as well because the Holy Spirit cares about the marginalized and cares about those who are oppressed as well. And so as we discuss our reading of that, book over the summer. We'll continue to talk about the Holy Spirit's uh, uh, utility in our lives and our lived experiences here on earth. We love you, family. Let's live in victory.